So, I was just listening to a lecture by uh, His Holiness Radhanath Swami, and he was talking about he was talking about the pastime of Vritrasura. Actually, I was going to send you the link because that was the uh, Sunday open house class that Raghunandan Prabhu gave last week on that topic. And his comment was, Andy, can you just move over a little bit? That way. Perfect. Uh, his comment was uh, that, he, first of all, he commented how there's so many chapters in the Bhagavatam about Pritzasura, right? There's a number. And then he said that that's very significant because Sukadev Goswami is combing the history of not just this universe, but many, many, many universes. And, and including the, just the very essence of lessons in, in the Bhagavatam, right? It's only, only 18,000 verses in this world, at least. And so he's very, very carefully picking and choosing what he's going to include in the Bhagavatam, all, all there, as Maharaj, as Maharaj was uh, quoting the um, uh, verse in the Bhagavatam, Nigama Kopa Taroga Litam Phalam. That is the, it's the, uh, essence or the juice of the Vedas um, in order to teach different lessons. And all those lessons ultimately are meant to uh, dharma projita kaitravatra, right? That they, dharma projita, that other dharmas other than shuddha bhakti, pure devotion, are cut out. So there's not, although they may be mentioned, there, there's not any aim at karma, gyan, yoga, etc just bhakti. So I thought that was, you know, the way he um, spoke that impressed me and so I thought I'd mention that. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya so we're continuing this story, right, where we heard, you know, it started two weeks ago. With, well, of course, it didn't actually happen two weeks ago, but Diti gets pregnant at the wrong time. Um, and she's going to have some real serious sons, Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha. So still in the womb, um, the universe is covered with darkness. So we heard that, the, just the power of these uh, devotees who are taking the role of demons, um, um, they're, they're so powerful that they're affecting the whole universe. And uh, then we, then we kind of get a uh, story within the story and the story of how this all came about in the first place, right? The four Kumaras traveling to Vaikuntha, they get through six gates at the seventh gate. Jai and Vijay go, in, what do they say in Hindi? Rok? Is that right? Rok? Right. Stop. Uh, or, or, or in English, it's eshtap. And that whole situation happens. And there's this little detour where Lord Brahma is glorifying Vaikuntha, the, the, the beauty of Vaikuntha and everything about Vaikuntha. Um, and then, well, actually, the sages travel that, and then the sages stop, are stopped. Uh, and they curse. Uh, Jai and Vijay. Um, and then the Lord arrives. Remember, he arrives on foot. He doesn't even take his, his uh, Guruji with him. Hare Krishna. Thank you for coming. Um, 
And, and we're gonna hear some amazing things um, in the next chapter about how the Lord is speaking to the four Kumaras and to Jai and Vijay, because they're all kind of in this scene. Uh, and so what happens that what we're up to now is the Lord has just arrived and then the four Kumaras are offering their prayers to Lord Narayan. Okay? So we're on text 43. What's that? 42 we did, right? Yes, we did last week. I read 42 last week. When the breeze... Yep. Carrying the aroma of tulsi leaves from the toes of the lotus feet of the personality of God had entered the nostrils of those sages. They experienced a change both in body and in mind, even though they were attached to the impersonal Brahman understanding. So this is an important verse because we hear, um, you know, so you remember in the old Back to Godhead magazines, I don't know if you remember, maybe you've seen the old Back to Godhead magazines where they used to have um, how I came to Krishna consciousness, right? And there was all these interesting stories. And uh, a few weeks ago, uh, when I was giving the Sunday open house class, one of the uh, ladies asked me, how did I come to Krishna consciousness? I gave a brief. And everyone here has an interesting story of how it happened. So this is how the four Kumaras came to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> they, they, um, they, they, they smelt the breeze carrying the aroma of the Tulsi leaves. So, you know, we have to understand that the four Kumaras were the ultimate example of taking a match and lighting it to, um, to dry grass. Right? Like the, you know, right? Because Krishna says in the Gita, in chapter 7, verse 19, what does he say? How does it begin? Bahunam jamanam ante ganavam mam prapadyante vasudeva sarvamiti that after many births and deaths, uh, the jnani, which is what the four Kumaras were, paka jnanis, first class jnanis, first class people understood they weren't their body, understood there was no enjoyment in this material world, understood the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita completely. And so after many births, one who is in knowledge, what is, how does the, the translation go? Um, after many, many births, after many births and deaths, he who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Sama such a great soul is very rare. So these are those great souls. They, when they heard about Krishna, they had no envy in their heart towards Krishna. They just knew about the Supreme Brahman. And we may have taken a little while, some of us, <laughs> right? Well, when we think about this, you know, you know, okay, maybe I'll give up, you know, meat, and then maybe I'll you know, stop going to uh, Las Vegas for gambling, you know, whatever. <laughs> but they were just like instantaneous. Was, so this is just one verse, but it's one that we quote a lot, right, about how the four Kumaras uh, became devotees. And of course, it, it's glorifying Tulsi Devi, and Srila Prabhupada was very attached to Tulsi Devi, right? And why is Tulsi Devi so important? Because she's always at the lotus feet of Krishna. But it's nice, if we can, to keep a Tulsi in our house where we live. That's a very nice thing. Like that. Any thoughts on this? Yes, sir. The other thing about verse 43 is 
it was, I think it was a sensual experience. It was a what? A it's sensual a, experience, yes. It's not just that they thought, it know, wasn't smelled it, and they said, this smell is like so special, there's nothing else like it, and it's coming from a personality, not right. just, you know, it's a sensual thing, and you're allowed to ha have sensual experiences once you go to Godhead, it's just they have to be pointed at Krishna, but like you say, they were automatically predisposed right. to be pointed at Krishna, but that sensual thing of smelling, I think, is what did Very good. Yeah. A devotee's totally sens into sensuality, but just not in the definition of the term that we're used to, right? They're totally into seeing, have, using their eyes to see the form of the Lord, smelling the tulsi or the incense, right? Uh, walking to a, a place of pilgrimage, taught, you know, uh, all, uh, you know, totally, that's, and that's, a matter of fact, if you're not, you, it's very hard to remain a devotee because your sensuality will want to go to the other ex extreme of sensuality. So, yes, yeah, a matter of fact, our definition of, one of our definitions of the person, God, is that he has senses. Angani, yasya, sakalendriya, vitamanti, right? That's one, of the, that, that's one of the most important definitions, that to differentiate impersonal from personal is a person has senses. So we're totally into senses, just using them in the right way. Or sometimes even our body, when you think about it, it's just, you know, we don't usually define it as esophagus and kidneys and things. We, we usually define it in terms of the senses, right? The five knowledge-acquiring senses, the five working senses. Right? That's really, you know, the other stuff kind of goes on automatically, automatic pilot, right? You know, you, you don't, as you're having your lunch today, you're taking prashadam at the feast, you're not thinking, okay, now I've got to, you know, what the, where, you know, where's that rice going? And, you know, <laughs> what's happening to it, right? It's, it's, but we do think, oh, I, I see this, I smell that, I hear this, I walk to that place, I have to go use the bathroom, you know, whatever. Those, so really, sen body means senses. Yeah, so uh, yes, and, and, in, and in this case, it's not so much an intellectual thing, is it? And my guess is that for most of us, we, we took to Krishna consciousness not exclusively because of philosophy. Most of us. Like for me, it was samosas mixed with philosophy. <laughs> I never, you know, I was, I was a kid growing up in New York. You know, I, I mean, you know, you think New York's multicultural. It wasn't so much in the 60s and 70s. And so, you know, all of a sudden, a samosa, a gulab joe. Yeah. And then a few verses from Bhagavad Gita helped. <laughs> okay, let's carry on. Uh, the Lord's beautiful face appeared to them like the inside of a blue lotus. Imagine how the inside of a blue lotus must look. And the Lord's smile appeared to be the blossoming jasmine flower. After seeing, we should like have, you know, pictures of blue lotuses and jasmine. After seeing the face of the Lord, the sages were fully satisfied. So it wasn't only smelling the Tulsi, right? They're seeing his face, his smile. And then after seeing that, they were fully satisfied. And when they wanted to see him further, they looked upon the nails of his lotus feet, which resemble rubies. Thus, they viewed the Lord's transcendental body again and again. And so they finally achieved meditation on the Lord's personal feature. So this gives us a little hint. It's, it's explained more, more, we studied this in the second canto of the Bhagavatam, about how 
to have, take darshan, right? That it's actually um, because we're not we're not raganuga bhaktas and bhaktins yet. So when we take darshan, we first look at the feet of the Lord, and then gradually to the smiling face of the Lord. That's uh, that's the appropriate way to uh, to take darshan. And the first two, the Bhagavatam is sometimes compared to the body of the Lord. And the first two cantos are called Padapadma, or the lotus feet of the Lord. So now we're, we must be around the knees or something in the third canto, right? Something like that. But just, again, not literally, but it, again, it gives that idea that Bhagavatam, which is about Krishna, is not different from Krishna. It's personal. Everything's personal. Anything on darshan taking? It's tempting because the Pujaris dress Radha Madan Mohan so beautifully and have such nice uh, turbans, etc., that it's, it's tempting to want to look immediately at the smiling face of the Lord, which is compared, by the way, in the Bhagavatam to the 10th canto. Right? Um, but we should uh, approach slowly like that. Okay, anything else? No? Nope. All right, 45. This is the form of the Lord which is meditated upon by the followers of the yoga process, and it is pleasing to the yogis in meditation. It is not imaginary but factual, uh, as proved by great yogis. The Lord is full in eight kinds of achievement, but for others, these achievements are not possible in full perfection. Uh, and then the next verse is the one that we're going to talk about a little bit. The, the Kumar, now the Kumaras are talking, okay? And they say, so this is beginning the prayers of the Kumaras. Oh, dear Lord, you are not manifest to rascals. <laughs> Even though, we've talked about that word rascal, right? You know, we, in, in, English, in our English language, a rascal is kind of cute. You know, oh, you little rascal, you, right? But uh, in the way Srila Prabhupada uses it, it's more of like a, a chastisement, you know. If you call someone a rascal in India, they, they, they take it quite seriously, yeah. Whereas in America, they, oh, you're such a rascal. You know, it's kind of cutesy. Uh, even though you are seated within the heart of everyone. But as far as we are concerned, we see you face to face, although you are unlimited. So again, that juxtaposition, or we la achincha beta, abeda tattva, He's unlimited, and he has a face. That contradicts our standard logic. When we see Raghunandan's here, therefore he's not over there. And his knowledge is of his body and you know what, IT, whatever your profession is, and this and that. But he doesn't know law. Right. So, but Krishna is a person and limitless. The statement we have heard about you from our father Brahma through the ears have now been actually realized by your kind appearance. Isn't that, that's nice when it happens. So you hear something that's called Gyan, and then you experience that's called Vigyan. So, um, you know, whether it's uh, someone gives class and says how wonderful Brindavan is, and then you go there and you experience how wonderful it is, right? Um, or in this case, we learn some 
something from the scriptures and then we really thoroughly understand it and live by it and that becomes goes from gan to began um i wanted to read something let me just look at my notes here oh i wanted to read something um before that description about krishna this is from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in a book called Madhurya Kadamani. Just yesterday, I was rudely comparing your dark limbs, the devotees praying to Krishna, to the fresh monsoon cloud, the blue lotus and the sapphire, to your beautiful, uh, your beautiful face to the moon, and the tenderness of your feet to newly sprouted leaves. Seeing your real beauty, I realized that I was offending you by my poor intelligence. I was trying to compare half a useless mustard seed to golden Mount Meru, a chickpea to a touchstone, a jackal to a lion, and a mosquito to Garuda. I was thinking, I am praising the Lord, and my inept poetry became famous among common people. But now for one moment I behold the splendorous beauty of your form before my eyes and I have become ashamed. My words of comparison are like the teeth of a restless cow trying to defile the desire creeper of your beauty. But they are unable to do so. Isn't that nice? And then this is a quote um, about this verse we just read, 40, can you go back to 46? Thanks. It is rare to achieve darshan of the Lord's personal form. Ordinary people, actually this is a comment by Buri Jamprabhu, ordinary people cannot see powerful kings. Such persons may deal only with the king's power, his delegates, and the government itself. Few people can visit a king when he is relaxing in his quarters with his family Yet the king may invite a qualified, a qualified citizen into his chamber at any time. Whoever is invited has received the king's mercy. That same path of mercy allows us Krishna's intimate association in Vrindavan. So th this, this is, it, I was thinking I was going to talk about this in the next chapter. Maybe I'll bring it up now. Um, here it's kind of saying you need, and rightfully so, saying that you need, we need Krishna's invitation, basically. We're at his mercy to have full darshan, be able to see him. It says here, the, the king may invite a qualified citizen. And the key word here is qualified, right? So we, we talk often about the example of the, the cat with the kitten and the monkey with the, what's the name of it? Is there a name for a baby monkey? Baby monkey? They don't like monkeys much. They don't give them titles. Um, and, you know, the baby monkey's holding on for its life, and that's compared to our endeavor. And the kitten is just helplessly in the mouth of the mother and um, of a cat, and, uh, and depending just on the mercy. So here we're hearing that. Well, in one sense, it's the mercy, but Burjambu mentions the word qualified. And this came up the other day. I don't know if any of you read the... Um, uh, the day in life of Srila Prabhupada in the Vanipedia website. And so they have things that Prabhupada said on each day of the year. So this is one um, that I think connects a little bit to what, what I just read. You learn how to drive airplane. 
So you go high in the sky. But if you are in danger, no other airplane can help you. You are finished. Therefore, you must be a very careful pilot to take care of yourself. Similarly, in this material world, everyone individually has to take care of himself. How he can be saved from the clutches of maya. That is Krishna consciousness movement. A teacher can give you hints. He's talking about the guru. A teacher can give you hints. The acharya can give you hints that you can be saved in this way. But the execution of the duties, that is in your hand. So it's this, again, you know, like, like I mentioned in the Sunday open house class two weeks ago, the chincha beta, abeda, tattva, in simultaneously, inconceivably, one and different, applies to so many things. Because in one sense, it's all, we're dependent on Krishna's mercy. Yet we, to be, what do we, but there's things that we can do and should do and must do to get that mercy. So is it the mercy? Is it our endeavor? Right? And this, this is a, and we, we have the answer. In the, I mean, not we, the, the Shastra gives the answer. It's, it's both and. It's not either or. And, and we, again, I'm not a Christian scholar, but we, we see in, um, in different, especially Protestantism kind of verses or in comparison to Catholicism, there's much more uh, emphasis in um, Protestantism in, um, well, first of all, your direct relationship with God, not through the guru, so to speak, um, direct. And also, you know, the mercy, just, just the mercy, right? You just have to accept the Lord in your heart. Right? Whereas Catholicism, which is, I don't know much about, but my wife grew up in that, so I've spoken to her. There's more, and you would know more about this than anyone in this room, right? Am I getting things right here? To, at least in vague generalities, right? And, and Catholicism has more of a, it's, you know, works. So Protestants are often famous for saying it's not by works alone, which we say, but we don't say it's not by works at all, right? You know, or even Prabhupada would say the, uh, what is it? The, the, uh, the, the loudest duck gets your attention, the, the duck that quacks the loudest, right? So if we're, quacking in the sense of really trying to please Krishna. That's, I think, meant by quacking. We, we can get his attention. Now, ultimately, he's an independent person, right? He can just say, listen, Raghunath, forget about you. Andy, he's cool. Come on. Yeah. Right? But the, you know, but our hope is, you know, is that um, he does, he does have a, although he's independent, right? Abhigya Swarat, Krishna Swarat, he's independent. No one can control him. We know he's controlled by love. We know Radharani's got him wrapped, wrapped around her pinky. And we also, so therefore, um, when we please someone that he loves, then that's, that's what we're putting all of our money on. If we were gambling, <laughs> you know, if we were gambling in Krishna consciousness, we'd put all of our chips on serving devotees. Because <laughs> we know if we do that, then Krishna will be pleased. Um, so, so I've heard uh, devotees joke, I forget, one of uh, devotees joke, oh, I've made so many mistakes and this and that, and, you know, I, you know I'm, I don't know if the Yamadudas are going to get me or maybe I'll, you know, whatever's going to happen, you know, I get punished for something, I'm going to pull out my, um, you know that they have this sometimes, um, policemen can give you a card, right, and you can kind of, when you're about to get arrested or something, you kind of like a 
courtesy card. So you say, wait, 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 wait you can't take me because I served AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. You know, check, go check with him, you know, before you do anything. So um, that's our hope. But, so, but here, Prabhupada's emphasizing our responsibility. The teacher can give you hints. The acharya can give you hints that you can be saved in this way. But the execution of duties, that is in your hand. So the, the teacher emphasizes different things at different times. Right? So this is the emphasis in our duty. At other times, just like Srila Prabhupada would sometimes, as a, as a great teacher, would say, just follow the four regulated principles, chant 16 rounds, go back to Godhead. At other times, to say, if you're attached to one ladu in the material world, you have to come back. Since then, I've never taken ladu. No, it's not, it's not true. <laughs> like Prabhupada with his mangoes. No, it's not true. Uh, <clears throat> but both are there. You know, the, the, the teacher encourages a student according to the time, the place, and the circumstance. Right? And that's why we sometimes say that the great devotees can be hard as a, thunder, hard as a thunderbolt and soft as a rose. Right? And uh, Puri would say to me, I remember because he had a lot of association, he said, you know, 90% Rose probably was, but that's 10%'s a lot. And that's, that's a lot of thunderbolt. <laughs> One time when he met, uh, he was living at uh, Jagarturini Mataji's uh, parents' house. And Burijampu said, well, you know, he was telling, well, we get up in the morning, we chant our rounds, we offer prasadam. And Prabhupada just said, what kind of prasad? Meat prasadam. <laughs> you know, just, just getting on his case. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't eating meat, but. You know, just to, just to get on his case. And not, not just to get on his case for getting on his case. I get on people's case to get on their case. He was making a philosophical point. A point. Shall we go on to 40, any questions on 46? Yes, Prabhu. Just clarification. Prabhu. Okay. Uh, in this particular verses, like... Uh, they are defining the Supreme Lord Rupa, like how he appears and like how he how looks he beautiful. So is this diversification that the Lord uh, deity form in different places is in different, like they are not similar? Uh, is something, anything relates to that why the form is so different, like in Jagannath, like, you know, um, he looks very different and we have a very strong story behind it. And Madan Mohan has like, you know, it's it's one of the, deity that worshipped by our Goswamis. And all these forms are like, like you know, uh, we can understand the consciousness, like, you know, it's like the Supreme Lord's deity, the form, uh, and we can feel some something like energy there. But like, what is that makes this form so different? Like in Bhagavatam, it is like this. And Achintya Beda, Abeda Tattva. <laughs> Simultaneously, all the, for example, all the Radha Krishna deities in Iskhan are Radha Krishna. And they're, um, they're individuals in this, just like you have, we have different as, uh, aspects to our personality. So what to speak of the unlimited, right? So like for example, Madan Mohan, their special mercy upon the devotees is to help us in developing our relationship with Krishna. And then Radha Govinda, Govindaji, is, his special mercy is in, uh, is in Abhideya, or the practice of devotional service. And Gopinathji 
his special mercy is uh, is Krishna Prema, Prayojana, the, the goal of life. So they're all, they're all the same, but they're simultaneously one and different. Just like I, my guess is that for everyone in this room, um, you have a special place in your heart for the first deities that you served or worshipped. It's just, uh, you know, as uh, uh, Cheryl Crow sings, uh, the first cut is the deepest. There's, there's, there's a song like that, right? So uh, you're too old to know that song. <laughs> Rod Stewart also sang it. Um, you know, so it, it's true, transcendentally also. So for me, you know, Radha Kunjabi Hari in Detroit, just because, you know, like your first love kind of thing. So there's a special, you know, or Radha Shama Sundar Mandavan. I remember Buri Jampu used to always joke, well, he said, he would say, well, he's most attracted to Radha London Ishwar. And I said, what about Radha, what about Radha Shama Sundar Mandavan? He said, well, I don't see them as deities. They're just Radha and Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you know, like that. So, um, is that, and so there's this, so it's, it's, it's really nice, isn't it? It's, it you know, be kind of like, okay, so I, like I was just in Atlanta. So I see the deities there. Okay, well, same as in DTC, you know. No, each, um, you know, Srila Prabhupada cried in front of the deities in Atlanta, right? Uh, and he really, really loved the uh, Gornitai deities in uh, Baltimore. They thought they were special. And this is Prabhupada's first deity in the Western world. So, and Radha Rasabihari, he said he had a special relationship with them because he promised them, you know, my dear sir, I know you're living in this terrible tin hut, but I promise you I'm going to build you a palace. Just tolerate Tamsa Tikshashvabharata. <laughs> what? Radha Rasabi Hari in, in Juhu. And he did. He built them a palace. Right? So it's, it's nice that we have these. But at the same time, so there's, you know, the other thing is uh, there's tattva and there's rasa. Right? These two things. Tattva is, yes, the deity is, you know, non-different from Krishna and that deity, same in Atlanta, same in Radha Govinda in New York. And then there's rasa, there's relationships. You know? And so we have relationships with deities that we serve. We, my wife had traveled and done 4th of July and was so busy. So when she's super busy or when she's traveling for long periods of time, she gives her Govardhan Shila to Lakshmana Mataji because she knows Giriraj will be well fed because Lakshmana is such a good cook. <laughs> uh, and now we just got Giriraj back just today. And so, you know, for her it's... It's a nice thing. Even though Giriraj is going to starve now, he's just going to get some fruit. and <laughs> we don't, She doesn't have time to cook like that. But he's not going to starve. But you know what I mean? Um, but, but now she's feeling this uh, really nice that Giriraj is back in our home. Yes. Oh, Henry. Yeah. yeah Hare Krishna. So Hare Krishna. I think you said that all the deities are Radha Krishna. What about um, Los Angeles? Well, they're Rukmini and Dwarkadish. Uh, are expansions of Radha and Krishna. Okay. And actually their original name was Radha Shamasundra, I think. And Prabhupada changed it later. And, and just Henry's into, you know, stump the speaker. <laughs> no, no, just a quick observation based on what came up here. 
and that they said that the real experience actually brings tears to your eyes. And it's probably not tattva that brings that. It's probably the rasa. Yes, it's the rasa. The direct. And they said you, it's, you don't really yeah. have the real experience until you have a bodily change and the tears come to your eyes. And I, I want to have Ultimately, that. Ultimately, yes, that's I, right. I want to have that someday, but I'm not going to fake it. So I want it to really, yep. and I think it will come from Rasa. Not or fake it till you make it, but you know, not like. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, do no. that. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yes, but you know, both are needed. And, you know, and again, a chincha beta veda tapsa. Both are needed. And you know, the famous statement by Prabhupada that religion without philosophy is sentimentality, and philosophy without religion is mental speculation, dry. So it's the combination that's so nice. Ultimately, uh, the rasa overwhelms the tattva when we, be, when we become very, very advanced. But we still may, like Srila Prabhupada, still came down to our level to preach the tattva. Now we, can we carry on? Okay. No, not that I, I love the conversation. I didn't mean it like, now can we, you know, you guys be quiet. Um, verse 47. We know that you are the supreme absolute truth, the personality of Godhead. So this is their prayers, four Kumaras, who manifests his transcendental form in the uncontaminated mode of pure goodness. What's that in Sanskrit? Shuddha This transcendental eternal form of your personality can be understood only by your mercy through unflinching devotional service. Now, does anyone have a, a phone? You look up on the word unflinching. We kind of know, you know. You don't blink. No deviation. Imagine being that unflinching devotional service. We, we you know, we, we kind of say it all unflinching, but think of it, what it, what it means. Hmm. How do you, so through unflinching devotional service by great sages whose hearts have been purified in the devotional way. Persons who are very expert and most intelligent in understanding things as they are engaged in hearing narrations of the auspicious activities and pastimes of the Lord. So this is, this is significant because they were Ghanis before, right? They, they were the kind of most intelligent, um, expert, understanding things as they are. And what's the second half of the sentence? But then they, what do you do when you really are that? You hear their narrations of the auspicious activities and pastimes of the Lord, which are worth chanting and worth hearing. Such persons do not care even for the highest material benediction, namely liberation, That's, which, is what they were, which is what their goal was till a few minutes ago, right? to say nothing of other less important benedictions like the material happiness <laughs> of the heavenly kingdom. Um, in 47, uh, Prabhupada talks about this, okay, well, it, it's, a, it's another one about that qualification versus, you know, not versus, but qualification balanced with mercy. It is said that one can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead when one is even slightly favored by him. Otherwise, without his mercy, we may speculate for thousands of years and not understand what is actually the absolute truth. This mercy can be perceived by the devotee when he is completely freed from contamination. It is stated, therefore, that only when all contamination is rooted out and the devotee is completely detached from material attractions can he achieve the mercy of the Lord. 
So then the question is, you know, what qualities characterize uh, people who have um, rejected the impersonal and understood Krishna as the Supreme? And they, they talk about that in 49. Right? We didn't do 49 yet, right? Okay. Oh, Lord, we pray that you, that you let us be born in any hellish condition of life. Who's ready to be pray like that? Okay. Henry's going, wait. It's got to be Northwest D.C. <laughs> um. Just as long as our hearts and minds are always engaged in the service of your lotus feet, our, wor <coughs> <Excuse me. coughs> our words are made beautiful by speaking of your activities, just as tulasi leaves are beautified when offered unto your lotus feet. And as long as our ears are always filled with the chanting of your transcendental qualities. So these are impersonals who have clearly become personalists. And then the last, wait, wait, is there something I wanted to say? Okay, so I just want to read a little bit from the purport of this. <clears throat> this shows the mood uh, in which the four Kumaras are offering their prayer. Okay? The four sages now offer their humility to the personality of Godhead because of their having been hot, hoti? Is that, did I pronounce that right? in cursing two other devotees of the Lord, Jai and Vijay, the two doorkeepers who checked them from entering the Vaikuntha planet, were certainly offenders, but as Vaishnavas, the four sages should not have cursed them in anger. <clears throat> After the incident, they became conscious that they had done wrong by cursing the devotees of the Lord, and they prayed to the Lord that even in the hellish condition of life, their minds might not be distracted from the engagement of service to the lotus feet of Narayan. We're gonna hear more about this in the next chapter. They had this interesting thing going on where maybe they've offended some devotees and they're super attracted to Krishna. No. Yeah. And now the last verse in this chapter. Verse 50. Oh Lord, we therefore offer our respectful obeisances unto your eternal form as the personality of Godhead, which you have so kindly manifested before us. Your supreme eternal form cannot be seen by unfortunate, less intelligent persons, but we are so much satisfied in our mind and vision to see it. So that's the end of their prayers. And now the next chapter, it gets more interesting. The two doorkeepers of Vaikuntha, Jai and Vijay, Cursed by the Sages is the name of the chapter. And it has, a, the chapter has, um, the first section which I gave his homework, uh, it was uh, that the Lord is replying back to the four Kumaras and he's expressing his love for his devotees. Right? It's quite, some of the, some of the uh, verses here are just amazing. Just amazing. Okay, so Lord, so Lord Brahma begins the chapter. And he says, after thus congratulating the sages um, for their nice words, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose abode is in the kingdom of God, spoke as follows. So that's a little introduction. And then it says, the Supreme Person the Personality of Godhead said, these attendants of mine, Jai and Vijay by name, 
have committed a great offense against you because of ignoring me. And Prabhupada writes, to commit an offense at the feet of a devotee of the Lord is a great wrong. Even when a living entity is promoted to Vaikuntha, there is still the chance that he may commit offenses. But the difference is that when one is in a Vaikuntha planet, even if by chance one commits an offense, he is protected by the Lord. So, you know, we, you've probably heard in classes a thousand times, but it's just like, go, I mean, not literally take this, but in one sense, go out and offend everybody except devotees. And of course, devotees are broad, not just, you know, Hare Krishna people, but those who are dear to the Lord in whatever faith. Or, um, I don't mean that, that we should, there's also something called Jana Aparad, which means offenses just to the general people. But Vaishnava Aparad, devotee Aparad is the worst because, as we've said a thousand times, because they're so dear to Krishna. In Hindu temples later on, it says, especially in those days, he's talking about Haridas Thakur, no one but a Hindu was allowed to enter. Although Haridas Thakur was the greatest of all Hindus in his behavior, which is an interesting title, he considered himself a Mohammedan and did not enter the temple. Lord Chaitanya could understand his humility. And since he did not go to see the, uh, the temple, Lord Chaitanya himself, who is non-different from Jagannath, there's your thing, right? The, uh, the tattva or the abheda, um, came, to, came to sit with Haridas Thakur daily. So, um, it, what Lord Chaitanya did uh, was radical. That he really set aside the so-called caste system. And kiva vipra, kiva nasi, sudra keneyoy, ye krishna tattva veda, se guru hoy. That anyone can be a guru, doesn't matter. Sanyasi, this and that, um, sudra, whatever, woman, etc. Ye Krishna Tattva Veda Se Guru Hoy. They have to know, there is a qualification, not that anybody can just do it. Uh, one has to know Krishna Tattva. One has to know the truth of Krishna. So this was, Lord Chaitanya established this here, and uh, Haridas Thakur, but, so, you know, you're looking at it from different angles of vision. Haridas Thakur is so humble, thinking, I, you know, I, I, I obviously due to my past misdeeds. The other thing to, um, to remember, I don't know if this is an absolute statement, but from what I can understand reading the Chaitanya Charitamrita, when we sometimes hear concerns about Mohammedans, the, the, the focus is not exactly, is not on the faith or the teachings of the prophet, but rather on the um, foodstuffs, about being a non-vegetarian being a non-vegetarian. Uh, again, I haven't done, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, especially I know this is being recorded. Uh, I haven't done a thorough, but that's my understanding almost to a T that it's, it's mainly that that makes someone unclean, etc. So here, so Haridas Thakur is saying, you know, I was born into this family which is not, you know, the family of uh, Paka Brahmins who, you know, had prasadam from the first day of their life, so I don't, Deserve and Lord Chaitanya is thinking, he's an amacharya. It doesn't matter what doesn't you know. It doesn't matter your birth, and uh, you know. So he won't go see Jagannath. All right, I'm going to go see him every day. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Any thoughts?
Andy? Well, this caused a lot of concern when I read this because do people really understand what's going on? I mean, that is actually Krishna, even though he's in the form of Lord Chaitanya as a, as a devotee, it is Krishna, defying that, that system of, of caste system. But that's only to the insiders. The whole story as a whole, it preserves the caste system. It's like having your cake and eating it too. You know, because later they talk about dog. Uh, oh, yeah, we're getting we get to that. Dogs. Yes. So it's still maintaining the caste system as well as showing that it's not valid. But that's only to the insider to, who can discern that event. It but takes some discernment. Yeah. The whole story is still maintains both sides. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say I'm going to obliterate the caste system. It's over. It's dead. It's, it, it's like having both well, cake and eat it too. Okay, that's a very good, good point. Um, Krishna created, well, let's not use the caste system, let's use Varnashram, yeah. right? Okay, Krishna created it. Yeah, well, yes, because he says right in the Bhagavad Gita, chatur varnyam mayasristam, guna karma vibhagasa. So he says, yes, I, you know, um, I've created this system which it's so hard, we've talked about this before, it's so hard to um, place ourselves um, who are surrounded by the world and by the internet in 2017, or you know, maybe for myself, 1958 to 2017, and for different people, right? And then try to understand a culture and a way of life 500 years ago, 5,000 years ago, right? You know, to, uh, 50 years ago, right? You know, I mean, kids, p children that are born today, right? They, you know, we're, we're going to talk to them about, uh, you know, I remember when there wasn't computers. And they're like, huh? How's that possible? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, or you know, it was two dollars a minute to call to uh, India, and you, or, or it, like say in India, you you had to place a make a reservation to call overseas. Yeah, trunk right. call. Yeah, trunk call. Yeah, right. Remember trunk calls? Yeah. So, um, so the Varnashrama system is meant to be lead a peaceful life. But, it, but the big, the, the key was that it wasn't uh, based on janma. It's based on guna and karma, based on our nature and our activities. So although we're gonna hear a lot about brahmanas, right? In, the, in this chapter, um, but those are, you know, but the idea is that real brahmanas, ones who are brahmins by, by their activities and by their behavior, by their nature, not by their birth. That's where the whole thing got messed up, is, is by birth. So, um, but the idea, and it's really, I mean, we've tried and have not succeeded yet in trying to create a Varnashram community of, uh, of just, you know, people have their occupations that they're naturally good at. You see, because you see, we have this, um, even let's say in, in America, um, so just like myself, I come from a Jewish uh, family, and it's not you know, too different than, than a lot of families in India, where no, you, in India, you maybe have three choices, engineer, doctor, is there a third? No, <laughs> those two, right? So in Jewish family, it's lawyer and doctor. That's it, you know. If you're gonna do something, yeah, right, right. But why, you know, well, one, you know, prestige, and of course, money, <laughs> right, money. Right? But, you know, Varnashram was based on it. The, 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 the so-called sudra 
was happy doing the work that was of their nature and it wasn't any lower or even lower paying, well, the paying is, we get into the whole thing about economics, which we're not going to get into Varnashram economics. But the point was, everyone was taken care of, everyone had food on their table, and instead of this kind of upward false upward mobility, people had extra time to practice spirituality, and not trying to keep up with the Joneses or the Agarwals, or the Patels, or whatever, right? Uh, very different culture. You know, I mean, like when I went to when I went to school, I had two choices, A or A plus. That was it. I got you know A minus. All right, I might not be grounded. If I ever came home with a B, I was finished. Finished. You know, it's just. But you know, there's a background to that. You know, you're going to go to an Ivy League school. You're going to do this. You know, just like the Freedmen's next door. <laughs> you know, that was how I grew up. Um, Varnashram had, had a much different focus. So, should we carry on? Is that right? We only covered it. I know we didn't maybe fully, but I think we'll talk about it more as we get into this whole thing about Brahmins. Jiva? Hare Krishna. So he's just got, he's got, he, he's the controller of all mics. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Supreme controller. So, uh, you expresses how Haridas Thakur's mood was so much thinking that you know, he is not qualified. Yeah. This is also reciprocated by Prahlad Maharaj. When Lord Brahma asked him to please uh, Nasima Dev, who was you know, very furious after having killed his uh, Prahlad's father, Rinakashipu. At that time, Prahlad Maharaj says that, you, you know, with excellent words, you have been glorified by all the, you know, celestial beings, you know, because Lord Brahma, Lord Shiv, Indra Dev, you know, residents of Gandharva Loka, Yaksha Loka, Nag Loka, Loka, and even Vaikuntha Loka, they had glorified, but Lord was not satisfied. And he said, and I am born in a family of demons. We are not really yeah, qualified. Right. Yet at the same time, just like, uh, you know, someone's, you know, have a good, nice marking on their face when they see their reflection, it is also very beautiful. So somehow there, I will make my best effort to glorify you mm -hmm. and to please you. Yes. And then he just offers those prayers. So the mood is of humility and understanding that it's not us we are actually focusing on the Supreme Lord. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and, and it's actually a whole, our whole tradition is glorifying people who didn't have the most impressive births, right, Prahlad? What's speaking of the gopis? The gopis are the greatest devotees of all, right? They're the top. There's no, there's no one compares to them. And, you know, they come from a village. Right? So <laughs> it's really actually our, very much in our tradition. So uh, let's continue. Uh, text four. No, text three. Oh, great sages, I approve of the punishment uh, that you who are devoted to me have meted out to them. To me, the Brahmana is, uh, so this means, the we should almost say the qualified Brahmana uh, is, is the highest and most beloved personality. The disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed by me because the doormen are my servitors. I take this to be an offense by myself. Therefore, I seek your forgiveness for the incident that has arisen. Now, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. First of all, Krishna is being very subtle, right? 
he's kind of chastising the Kumaras by saying they did wrong. You know, it's a, there's some indirect uh, parokyavada, it's called, right, in Sanskrit. Uh, there's very, you know, he, and then he's taking the, then he's saying, you know, it's actually my fault, please forgive me. Right? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right, it's just like, um, uh, so we've, we've been very fortunate. Um, the last few weeks we've had uh, His Holiness Ritadva Jaswami. Uh, staying at our house, and he's, he's, we're old friends, and um, my son's very connected to him and wants to take initiation from him. And Ritavaj Maharaj is such a totally, how would you say it, Henry? He's just, uh, he doesn't like to be singled out as some, he just likes to be one of the gang, right? So when I would come home from work every day and he was there in, in our living room, you know, I, was a, I didn't want to pay obeisances because he'll pay obeisances, you know. You know, so I was, you know, he was so uh, humble like that. I mean, naturally, he just, he wouldn't even, it's not like he was trying to impress me or, no, he just wouldn't even think twice. He'll definitely pay obeisances if I pay obeisances. So sometimes I feel like just going to Harbaugh Marsh and just walk past because otherwise that way he's com more comfortable and feels more respectful in one way. But yeah, so the, so, here the Lord is saying, I seek your forgiveness. It's pretty amazing. Now we can also derive from this that um, we as devotees um, should act in a proper way because what, the way we act reflects on, on Srila Prabhupada, on, on his society, on his temple, whatever, right? So that, 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 that's one lesson that we can take from this. You know, like I, for me, at work, everyone knows I'm a devotee, right? So, you know, if I start, you know, F-bombing everybody or whatever like that, you know. Although, um, I can, yeah, I could recommend this. If you ever get a chance, go on to YouTube and uh, type in something like f and then uh, sermon, or, or F and then pastor, or F-bomb, whatever. And it's this great African-American preacher who's, uh, who's saying, the new F word in this church is forgive. You know, so tap on, your, tap on the person next to you and say, F you. <laughs> and then he says, he says, go down the whole, the whole aisle and say, F you all. F everybody in this building. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, but it's, 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 it's got a good message, but really, really uh, entertaining. It's only like a two and a half minute clip. And he's really doing kind of a typical African-American, real fired up preacher. You know, F them all. <laughs> Go up to your ex and say, F you. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it's just... Uh, very good. But anyway, uh, the point is that we, we are, you know, we, we um, be mindful of setting an example because Krishna consciousness is caught more than it's taught. And so it's very much in the example that we, we, we get inspired by seeing examples and we, people notice examples, especially kids. 
you know, what is John Lennon said? Uh, uh, one thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside, right? Uh, kids, they are, they are the best, uh, um, oh, let me see, I want to use the right words here. Uh, yeah, I guess I can say this. They're the best, they have such incredible BS meters. You know, they know when you're, yeah, you know. My son gets on my case sometimes. I was like, lousy Joppa, pay attention, you know. <laughs> like that. So they really, they do, they pick up on things. So we should, uh, so, and one of the Gita values, all right, is, uh, is Acharya, right, or setting an example. So it's very important. Okay, some thoughts on this? All right, let's go on because Krishna's more humility from the Supreme Personality of God. Can't take it. A wrong act committed by a servant leads people in general to blame his master. That's the point I was just making, right? If Raghunandan goes, oh, you know, those disciples of Ramapad Swami, right? It, it reflects. Um, and, or the time when Prabhupada was said, how will we know who's your disciple? And he said, they will act like perfect ladies and gentlemen. A wrong act committed by a servant leads people in general to blame his master, just as a spot of white leprosy on any part of the body pollutes all of the skin. Anyone in the entire world even down to the chandala who lives by cooking and eating the flesh of dogs, you see how it's so much based on how you eat? Is immediately purified if he takes bath, if he takes bath in hearing through the ear the glorification of my name, fame, etc. Now you have realized me without doubt. Therefore, I will not hesitate to lop off my own arm if its conduct is found hostile to you. Wow. <laughs> what can you say? It's an amazing verse, amazing uh, imagery of the person Krishna and his thought process. And the purport Prabhupada writes, anyone who takes to Krishna consciousness in all sincerity, even if he is not very advanced in good behavior, is purified. A devotee can be recruited from any section of human society, right? Any varnashram. Yeah. Although it is not expected that everyone in all segments of society is well-behaved. So even so-called not well-behaved people can, can become devotees by the mercy of the Lord. Yes. Um, and we've seen that. We've seen that it practically. That, that what Prabhupada was so pleased about ISKCON when he... Uh, is that he proved these, these points practically. As long as uh, a person is in this material world, there's a little further down, he has two different relationships in his dealings with others. Interesting statement, huh? One relationship pertains to the body, the other pertains to the spirit. As far as bodily affairs or social activities are concerned, Although a person is purified on the spiritual platform, it is sometimes seen that he acts in terms of his bodily relationships. If a devotee 
born in the family of a chandala, the lowest caste, is sometimes found engaged in his habitual activities, he is not to be considered a chandala. In other words, oops, I got lost my spot here. In other words, a Vaishnava should not be evaluated in terms of his body. So, so uh, an amazing statement. So, Prabhupada talks about this in the ninth chapter, verse 30 of the Gita. Apichet sudaracharo bhajate mamananyabak sadoreva. That even if one commits the most abominable activities, if they're engaged in devotional service, they must be considered saintly because uh, they are properly situated. And maybe um, that is how we're doing time wise. We're actually doing pretty well. So, it's so incredible what Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says about this that I will read it. Okay, well first, we, you know, um, a devotee should not commit sins thinking I'm a devotee, therefore I can act according to my whim. That becomes the seventh offense against the holy name, right? To commit sins on the strength of chanting. Uh, now, let's read what Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments though. He said, one might ask, so you know, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is this great Acharya, who by Krishna's mercy helps him almost like be able to comment on the conversation and add conversations within the conversation. So one may ask, but if so, so this is his comment on these two verses. Uh, I'll read the English. Um, Even if one commits the most abominable action, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated. He quickly becomes righteous and attains everlasting peace, O son of Kunti, declare it boldly, declare it boldly, and remember that because that comes up in the purport, in the explanation, my devotee never perishes. So here's that conversation. One may ask, but if someone is corrupted by such bad behavior, how can he be a sadhu? This is answered, quote, he should be considered as such and thought of as a sadhu. He should be considered is an injunctive statement. If this injunction is, a little hard to read, small type, is disobeyed, there will be unfavorable consequences. In other words, the evidence for the truth of this is that it is simply my command. Well, someone may ask, one may be considered a sadhu partially to the extent that he is worshiping you, but to the extent that he is usurping other men's wives and property, he is not to be considered a sadhu. This is answered by the word eva only. He should only be considered a sadhu in all ways completely. We should never view him as not a sadhu. His determination is completely fixed. That means if he has this determination. I may go to hell or obtain an animal birth because of my unavoidable sinful reactions, but I will never give up my exclusive worship of Sri Krishna. Such determination is praiseworthy. But one may ask, why do you accept the worship of such an irreligious person? He's talking to Krishna, it's basically Arjuna and Krishna. Why do you accept the worship of such an irreligious person? Why would you consume the food and drink offered by one whose heart is contaminated by lust, anger, and other faults? In response, the Lord says, he quickly becomes re religious. This is not expressed as he is going to quickly become or he will soon achieve peace. Rather, the present tense is used, he becomes, he attains. 
The Lord continues, this means that immediately after he commits impiety, he remembers me and feels remorse and thus quickly becomes religious. He thinks, alas, alas, there is no person more fallen than me. I defile the reputation of the community of devotees. Damn me, again and again feeling morose like this, he achieves complete peace and detachment. Then Arjuna says, well, one may say, if he actually becomes religious, there can be no argument about such a person. But what about a devotee whose behavior is wicked and who fails to give up his bad behavior throughout his whole life? What can be said about him? Always affectionate to his devotees, the Lord responds to this doubt with complete confidence and with some anger, with the words beginning, Kontea, my devotee never perishes. Even when he dies, he never falls down. To encourage Arjuna, who is disturbed with sorrow and apprehension, this is the commentary, uh, over the thought that hard-hearted quibblers who indulge in false logic will not accept that the Lord says, O Kantaya, then the Lord, oh no, says this, the Lord says, O Kantaya, Arjuna, go to the assembly of these disputants and make a loud sound with drums and cymbals. Raise your arms fearlessly and declare my promise. I, Krishna, am the Supreme Lord, and even if my devotee is wicked in behavior, he will never perish. On the contrary, such a devotee is sure to become successful. Their bad logic will be shattered by this confident declaration. They will certainly take shelter of you as their guru. Such is the, oh, this is actually Sridhar, oh no. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is saying, such is the understanding given by Sridhar Swami in his commentary. I'll, I'll just read two more short things, okay? Someone may ask, but why doesn't the personality of God in himself make this promise? Why does he instead deputize Arjuna to promise this? In the same way as the Lord will later say, without a doubt, you will come to me, I promise you this because you are very dear to me. Why doesn't he now say, Count I promise, my, I promise that my devotee will never perish. Here is the answer. At that moment, the Lord was thinking, I am very affectionate to my devotees and cannot tolerate their being discredited at all. I will, off, I will often even break my own promise and let, or even lop off my own arm, and let myself be discredited to protect my devotee's promise. For example, I will soon fight with Bhishma and discard my own promise in order to protect Bhishma's promise. Thus, atheistic logical quibblers will only laugh if I now offer my own promise, but they will have to acknowledge Arjuna's promise as if it were written in stone. Therefore, I will have Arjuna make this promise. So just to give the full balance, in, in Prabhupada's, end of Prabhupada's purport to text 30, he says, um, if a devotee does not improve his character in devotional service, then it is to be understood that he is not a high devotee. And not high, anyway, not in the Colorado sense of the word. Uh, but, but the point here, what is the essence? The essence here is the glory of bhakti. The power of bhakti is what's actually being focused on here. It's so powerful that even, you know, we, you know, you know, like uh, I was watching the uh, old, um, no, it's in the, the movie about Srila Prabhupada. They have Ted Patrick there 
right? And he said, you know, they be hook. He's saying that we're, you know, they're hooked. You know, they, they can't, they can't, what is it? If they start, if they stop chanting, they may start thinking, they be hooked. So when we perform bhakti, we're hooked, you know, into, into Krishna's mercy like this. And so it doesn't mean we should go off and do bad things and just say, no problem. You, we just read Vishnu Chakra. The point he's making is that the power of bhakti is such. Um, and does anyone have uh, Canto 1, chapter 5, verses 17 and 19? Real quickly. <clears throat> that having once tasted the power of bhakti, one can't fully go back to enjoying the world like they did. Uh, maybe he'll find it. Um, there's two beautiful verses by Narada Muni uh, in, this, in this connection. So it's, it's, a, it's an important point, but the, you, do you see how the real essence of what Vishwanath is saying here is the power of, the, the, of devotional service? And because devotional service connects you with Krishna, so it's, ultimately it's the power of Krishna. But in one sense, bhakti is more powerful than Krishna. In one sense, because it attracts him. Do you get it? Okay, there it is. No, no, you got it. Uh, one who has forsaken his material occupation to engage in devotional service so the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature state, yet there is no desire, no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Then go to 19. My Lord, dear Vyas, although, uh, even though a devotee of Lord Krishna sometimes falls down somehow or other, he certainly does not undergo material existence like others. Because a person who has once relished the taste of the lotus feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. Any thoughts on this? I know we jumped around a little, we went jumped to the Bhagavad Gita, to Vishnu, Chakravarti Parti Thakur, to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. Uh, this actually very much connects to the current uh, event because in Vaikuntha, all the residents of Vaikuntha, they have not a single trace of sense gratification. Right. So they are serving the Lord in awe and reverence. Of course, that's the mood, yet at the same time, their focus is to serve the Lord. And that's exactly what these two doorkeepers were doing. But in serving, they offended yes. the four Kumaras. Yes. And it's all arranged by the Lord, as oh, we yes, will that, see. That's what we were hearing, yes. It's all yes. arranging by the Lord. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Anything else on this point? Okay, then we'll carry on. What verse are we on? Six? Okay. Anyone in the entire world, even down to the Chandala, who lives by cooking and eating... Oh, we read that, didn't we? Yeah, we did that one. Oh, I'm still, I'm still finishing the purport. That's what it was. Uh, if a devotee born in a family of Chandala, I read that. In other words, a Vaishnava should not be evaluated in terms of his body. The Shastra says that no one should think the deity in the temple to be made of stone or wood. No one should think that a person coming from a lower caste family who is taken to Krishna consciousness is still of the same low caste. These attitudes are forbidden because anyone who takes to Krishna consciousness is understood to be fully purified. Even, if in, the sen even in this sense, like raise your hand if you feel pu fully purified. 
<laughs> Anyone? Okay. But in this sense that there's the um, unripened mango and the ripe mango. And we all know that unless you have really bad conditions, that unripened mango is going to become a ripe mango. So it's, it's a ripe mango, just time separates it. Right? So similarly, we're all purified souls, associates of the Lord, just time separates us because we've taken to the path, we've connected to the energy. There's things that you can speed up, right? They say, they say you can speed up the um, uh, ripening of an avocado by putting in a brown paper bag, is that right? So also attentive japa, serving Vaishnavas, there's things that we can do to hasten the process and we should do those. He is at least, okay, oh, the next sentence actually, I, I forgot, the next sentence gives the, um, what's the word I'm, qualification isn't the word I'm looking for, but, uh, so go back to the previous sentence. Um, These attitudes are forbidden because anyone who takes to Krishna consciousness is understood to be fully purified. Then he is at least engaged in the process of purification. <laughs> okay. And if he sticks to the principles of Krishna consciousness, he will very soon be fully purified. The conclusion is that if one takes to Krishna consciousness with all seriousness, he is to be understood as already purified. And Krishna is ready to give him protection by all means. The Lord assures herein that he is ready to give protection to his devotee, even if there is need to cut off um, part of his own body. Jai Sisi. Oh, I thought he was closing. He is. Sisi Gornitai, Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman, Sisi Radhaman Next verse. The Lord continued, because I am the servitor of my devotees, my lotus feet have become so sacred. So he's saying, because he serves devotees, his feet have become sacred. <laughs> that they immediately wipe out all sin. And I have acquired such a disposition that the goddess of fortune does not leave me, even though I have no attachment for her, and others praise her beauty and observe sacred vows to secure from her even a slight favor. Favor. So here is a nice, listen to this first sentence. The relationship between the Lord and his devotee is transcendentally beautiful. Isn't that nice? As the devotee thinks that it is due to being a devotee of the Lord that he is elevated in all good qualities, so the Lord also thinks that it is because of his devotion to the servitor that all his transcendental glories have increased. So this is giving you know, a little hint into the inconceivable personality of Krishna. In other words, so you know, in our, in our world, if somebody, what, did Prabhupada, what is that saying? Uh, too much praise is a sign of a thief, right? You know, if everyone's, you know, or as they say in India, putting makkan. Right, you know, they, you know, if you're just praising somebody, and you know, um, um, and you see that uh, it's now happening in America, but I used to see it a lot in India, that uh, because I would sometimes deal with um, uh, different ministers and stuff like that, and they'd come to the temple, or we'd go out and meet the law minister, or this minister, or that minister, and you know, they're peons, 
were like, they were almost like, you know, like, yes, sir, yes, oh, you're so wonderful, sir, yes, sir, uh-huh, hanji, hanji, you know, right? And, and it just, it didn't come out of being so totally sincere, but they had to do it if they want to keep their job, right? Or not get in trouble. But Krishna's not saying that, like, just out of formality, right? Where he's saying that he actually becomes a devotee of his devotee. It's actually at, out of the most inconceivable amount of sincerity that right? Krishna's saying those words. Right? Even today we see it in, in, in politics here in America that people will speak very highly of their bosses sometimes because they don't want to lose their job. <laughs> right? Basically. He, the Lord admits herein that although he certainly has the qualities that anyone who receives a slight particle of the dust of his lotus feet becomes at once a great personality. That greatness is due to his affection for his devotee. It is because of this affection that the goddess of fortune does, et cetera, et cetera. So, oh, but the last sentence. The Lord cannot tolerate any inconvenience on the part of the devotee. He is therefore famous as Bhaktavatsal. What does Bhaktavatsal mean? What does Vatsala mean? Protector, yeah. So Krishna is the protector of his devotees. Jiva? Hare Krishna. So Bhakta Vatsala means again, Vatsa refers to the chest. So if something is very dear to you, immediately keep it close to your mm -hmm. chest. That's a very heart intimate is. word. Intimate, yes. Yeah. So because the devotees are so dear to the Lord, he keeps them very close. That's why Bhakta Vatsala Doesn't comes. the word for cow some, doesn't it, something to do with Vatsa? There are so many meanings. No? Anyway, okay. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Yeah, so many meanings. Uh, let's go on to text 8. We're, I do not enjoy the oblations offered by the sacrifices in the sacrificial fire, which is one of my own mouths, with the same relish as I do the delicacies overflowing with ghee, which are offered to the mouths of the Brahmanas. And here, Brahmanas, you could put slash Vaishnavas, who have, because here, we hear this Vaishnavas, because it says, who have dedicated to me the results of their activities and who are ever satisfied with my prasad. So Krishna eats through the mouth of the Brahmanas. Um, now, even if we have a 20 paisa thread like this, um, we probably still should offer our food to Krishna. Because <laughs> we could say, hey, you know, I see all this nice boga, Krishna eats through the mouth of Brahmanas, so I'm going to have Krishna eat by having me eat it all. Right? Like, you know, like that, that song, you know, Sarira Vijajal Jatendri, right? I remember one devotee say, start it off before you all, now I'm going to eat it all. Right? Um, <clears throat> so, although that's true, we, the devotee, see that may be Christian, you know, we, so many things are a question of viewpoint. Right? So now we're hearing Krishna's viewpoint. Our viewpoint is we offer everything to Krishna. His viewpoint is he likes to see the brahmanas, the devotee satisfied. Right? But our viewpoint is we won't, and it's explained elsewhere, we won't eat any, oh, actually it says, it says the devotee of the Lord or the Vaishnava does not take anything without offering it to the Lord. 
since a Vaishnava dedicates all the results of his activities to the Lord, he does not taste anything edible which is not first offered to him. So that's, that is standard. Uh, if we're not doing that now, we should consider taking up that practice. Of, uh, there's different you know, levels of offering. Some, you know, uh, some of the people who live in the temple here might only eat prasadam that's offered to the deities. That's a very high standard. Um, ours, we may, um, you know, like uh, in the perfection of yoga, Srila Prabhupada mentions that you can offer prasadam by saying this, the prayer sarira vijajal. Um, you know, when I go out uh, sometimes with colleagues, uh, you know, uh, and I order a salad, I don't, you know, go down on the floor in the moment, Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasada, in the middle of the restaurant, you know, that, you know, but uh, Prabhupada even writes that you, you can offer it in your mind. But that doesn't mean, again, that if you have nice deities at home and, you know, you just bought some ice cream and you're really hungry, so just like uh, offer it in mind, right? no, take the, take, take the time, put it in a nice bowl, put it in front of your deities and offer it nicely. Some thoughts on prashadam? Yes? Another perspective I was thinking about is um, how this is an instruction for me to see and properly respect other brahmanas and vaishnavas. Yes. Mm. I should see the other brahmanas and vaishnavas as Krishna eating to, through their mouths. So I should be like respecting them and offering prashad to them and then yeah. The yes, and this is why um, devotees sometimes have to be careful about um, eating too much because <laughs> you get, you get uh, invited to people's homes a lot because they all know this thing that, you know, I'm going to get some, some good, good uh, luck, you know, Krishna's mercy if I feed devotees and sometimes, and especially if you go to Gujarati families and they just keep on when you're not looking, they, they, you know, you say no more, and then under your arm goes another, you know, uh, sabji <laughs> or something like that, right? And just like, whoa, you know. And you do that, you know, five days in a row, and then you have to call your doctor. So, especially because here, right, what, problems, what does Krishna say here? Um, delicacies overflowing with ghee. Ouch. So, but we're, you know, we're, we were talking, remember in the beginning of the class about using our senses in Krishna service? Imagine if, imagine if there wasn't prasadam in Krishna consciousness. Imagine how many people would come to the temple <laughs> on Sundays, right? or how many of us would be devotees, right? It's one of the most important things. From so many points of view, it's, it's, it's important even socially, you know, to, to come together you know, the, one, of the, one of the ills of the modern family is, not the TV show, but the <laughs> modern family in America or many parts of the world is that, you know, sometimes the kids are off on their computer in their room and just taking a plate and going, and, you know, the, this loss of family dinners, of, you know, getting together as a, as a unit is actually very, one, it's a wonderful thing, you know, come together. Uh, you know, um, my wife has this embarrassing... Um, it's embarrassing when we invite guests over because she'll often just go around the, the table and say, what was your highlight from today? 
And, and uh, you know, I said, no, don't do that. Maharaj is here. No, no, Maharaj, what was your highlight for today? <laughs> you know? right? And it's kind of, it's very nice, actually. It's, it's actually very sweet, you know, and uh, it's just something that maybe she even learned from childhood. Um, so, so socially, um, and then, and then, you know, you, you know, our, we have so many things that, you know, in certain ways restrict our senses. So here's one way that, you know, we can use our senses in Krishna's service by taking prasadam. And there is an art to, there's obviously an art of cooking it, but there is actually an art of also eating, right? It, slowing down, not just woofing. You know, matter, matter of fact, uh, some, some spiritual practitioners, they'll do things like, after you, let's say you're using a fork, after you put that, you know, fork full of prasadam in your mouth, then put down your fork and chew it sufficiently until the next bite like that and, and eat more sattvically. So, and also, um, it generally, it's, it generally the Shastras talk about not overeating. Yogis, they say, fill half the stomach, a quarter of the stomach with water, half with prasadam, and a quarter with air. Like that. So, uh, some, yeah. Because <laughs> devotee, devotees can get overweight. You know, we could think, well, we're vegetarians. You know, a lot of people think, how can you? I said, oh, no, we, I know some people who are, Prashadatarians and also, you know, put on a little like that. So, um, <clears throat> so when, uh, my wife gave a class on prashadam. What about a month ago? Right at Sunday class. Okay. So that ends for today. Where it's uh, it's twelve o'clock, and uh, actually I'm giving this. Sun I'll give you a little. If you're staying for the Sunday open house class today, what we're going to do is talk about the practical nature of the Bhagavad Gita. So I'm going to be asking people, what are th practical things that are on your mind? in day-to-day -day life, whether it's anxieties or, or just things that you think about or you're concerned about. I'm going to put them on a flip chart and then go through some of them and quote from the Gita or, or, or connect them to the Gita and the Gita values and how the Gita can give us vision to live a practical life. Hare Krishna. See you all next week. Hare Krishna.